Hey everybody, welcome to Tara and Andrew. This is the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Andrew. I'm Tara. This is part 11 of our 3,726 part series. We're in the watch a movie chosen at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. Do a little bit of research and then give our thoughts and uh, talk about what we learned about the movie. So we have a couple of rules for the podcast. The first one being that we cannot veto a movie as long as neither of us has seen it before. We have to watch it no matter what. Um, but the other rule being it has to be under four hours in length. So at this point, I would like to state very clearly that we are not affiliated with Scarecrow Video in any way. All viewpoints that we express belong to us alone. So don't blame Scarecrow for anything we say. Please do feel free to go there and spend your dollars. Please do. Yes. Please do. They, they need your money. So last time we watched The Exorcist 3 Legion. Exorcist 3. God, I've got to get that priest back in here. It's getting expensive. You really need to take charge of this on your own. Crap. Uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. I'll do an at-home exorcism. That's, yep. I'm sure it'll all go well. I've seen enough movie exorcisms and things to... Got it down? We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll play it by ear. We'll, you know, fast and loose. That's how you want to do an exorcism. Anyway, so Exorcist 3, we thought it was fine. Like, as far as a third movie in a series is concerned, yeah. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I wouldn't, like, if I came across it again, I wouldn't say no to watching it again. I mean, how many third movies in a series are any good, like, watchable? The only thing I could really think of that came to mind was... Uh, Star Wars? Oh, <laughs> well, no, I was thinking more like Indiana Jones. Like, oh, Last Crusade yeah, yeah. is better than Temple of Doom. Yeah. Depending, I guess, I don't know. Depending on preferences. Yeah. I would, didn't even really give it any serious thought, so... Uh, wait, wait uh, Saw 3. Oh, that, that it's was, the best. Oh, we get another Saw movie. Yeah, we, we, went there, saw. There was, we saw a trailer last night when we went to see It uh, for a great new movie called Jigsaw. They made seven of those already. Why did they... What? How much more do they have to say? Like, I don't... Well, how many more dollars are they going to be able to make? I don't know how many more they're going to make. Like, is there an audience clamoring for another movie I in the Saw franchise? It doesn't... Anyway. So, speaking of horror movies, since uh, this episode is going to be airing in October, we are mixing things up a little bit from how we normally do things. Uh, instead of choosing randomly from the entire book, we are going to be choosing randomly from the Psychotronic chapter of the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, which uh, is horror movies, but then it also covers sci-fi fantasy. So last time we got a horror movie out of it, but hopefully that will continue to be the trend. So it is Tara's turn to pick. Eyes closed? Yep. All right, I'm going to start. It's hard to focus a few pages, yep. although it's actually surprisingly large number of pages when you look at it, but stop. Got one. Does not look like it's one that we've seen. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you have selected. You have selected regicide. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, if you know the, name the, the king or queen. <laughs> being murdered. Press one. <laughs> no, you have selected Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Oh, man. Uh, Are we just watching the third? I guess so. That's, like, that, is that going to be what we're doing for this one? Just like the third in a series? Where we've only seen the, the first one, which is, like, the classic. Yeah, well... We certainly didn't see Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Although, I think... I'm I mean, sure that... We, we should see that. I think I, I put that on the tentative list that I was The making. second one? Yeah. 
yeah. for October this year. And I put that on there. So people like it. I yeah. guess it's another Toby Hooper All right. movie. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but, but anyways, yes. Is this one also Toby? Does not appear to be the case. Well. Yeah. So Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 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 <laughs> as the Ramones would say, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Number three, the Starcrow Video Movie Guide says... So, you're going to follow up the first two Texas Chainsaw Massacre films, but you don't have Toby Hooper. So, what do you do? Ah, shit. I don't know. Just get Burr, that guy who did Pumpkinhead 2. Oh, boy. Leatherface is pretty much what you'd expect from that pedigree. A much lesser take on the same type of material. While Hooper's films felt raw, spontaneous, and at times even documentarian, this feels like your standard horror sequel with actors standing on sets reading lines from an only okay script. There are occasional touches of that chainsaw and insanity. An old lady says, Junior likes them private parts. We knows what to do with them parts. Ew. <laughs> uh, plus some funny ideas, such as Leatherface going through a rebellious teenage stage, and Dawn of the Dead's Ken Foreen as a heavily armed survivalist blowing the crap out of Grandpa's mummified corpse. But it signaled the end of any hope for the series. That was me slamming the other book shut definitively. Ugh. Well, uh, fun. Yeah, cool. Cool. Well, we'll be back after this musical interlude with our thoughts on Swiss Chainsaw Master 3, Leatherface. And we're back. We're back. Yeah, Leatherface. Or as you wrote it, Featherlace. Featherlace. I'd like to watch that movie. Yeah, I think that'd be very, very nice. Yeah. Like the antithesis of, of Leatherface. Um, anyway, do you have a rating in mind for our pre-spoiler rating? I have a rating in mind. Okay. Have you? Yeah, I do. So, scale, as always, goes from don't watch to maybe don't watch to eh, to maybe watch, and then, best of all, don't not watch. So, count of three. One, two, three. Maybe, maybe don't, don't watch. watch. <sighs> it was really infuriating yeah. to begin with, and it wasn't like you were mentioning... Until at least the second half of the movie where we started to warm up to it. Right. Like, I was pretty set on it being a don't watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, until a couple of things later in the movie. I'll, yeah. Like I'll say, adventure. I'll put it like emphasis on the maybe of maybe don't watch. Because I think like the second half does make up for a lot of really dumb, boring stuff from the first half. But mm-hmm. still... You don't need to watch Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. I mean, there are better slasher movies out there. There are better cannibal movies out there. So, like, if you're looking for either or both of those things, you don't need to watch this one to Mm. try and get that. When we went to go get the movie from the Scarecrow, we were looking in the Psychotronic room. And, like, they've got the movies broken down into different categories labeled on the shelves. Uh, So we went in there and I'm like, well, it's got to be like a slasher movie, right? 
didn't see it there, so I, I checked the computers. And I was like, oh no, it's it's a cannibal movie, of course. And like, I'd already found it by that point. It's a pretty sizable cannibal selection, so uh, <laughs> you could spend a couple weeks watching. Oh boy. All the ones they have. And then just immediately turn yourself into the police after you finish watching. Yeah. Those. Uh, that would be my advice to you. Yeah, so I guess we get into the plot, such sure. as it is. I mean, there's really... There's not really a whole ton of plot. Yeah, I feel like last time when we were talking about Exorcist 3, we spent a lot of time talking about the plot because there's a lot of kind of nuances to it, but... There's no. not a lot of nuance no. to <laughs> Leatherface. I'm sure that's going to shock you all to hear that, but... Uh, yeah, we really both pretty much hated the movie for the first half of it. Yeah. The movie sort of opens up focusing on these two characters, Ryan and Michelle, this couple that are traveling from California to who cares. To who cares via Texas. And they kind of get sidetracked briefly by like a crime scene where they're pulling up bodies out of a mass grave. Like 40 to 50 bodies were found in this pit. And so the police started having this checkpoint. I don't know why they thought the killer would just randomly be driving past <laughs> while they're investigating this pit. Yeah, and so they're like, oh, which body's doing? Oh, well, they're like very kind of blasé about it, would you Super say? Super blasé. Like, Michelle is fine, but Ryan yeah. is loathsome. God, I hated we him. We were rooting for Leatherface to get him. Yeah. Pretty much from the get-go. Yeah, from like minute three, I'm just like, when is this guy going to get it? And he does. I don't want to, you know, spoil anything. Well, we're already into the spoilery. <laughs> well, Spoil- spoiling spoiler. section. Yeah. <laughs> he dies. Uh, he, he does get it. He, he just is Probably like... Probably enough right around when the movie started getting a lot better. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> very true. Yeah, he just is like whiny and kind of douchey also at the same time. Yeah. And he has like wireframe glasses. So he's kind of a dork too. Definitely kind of a, got a dweeby vibe. Yeah. Um, when we first are introduced to him in the movie, he's listening to music on headphones and it's like, be a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like if this movie had taken place uh, like 25 years later, he would have just been posting on the MRA subreddits. That would have been the uh, the character development that yeah. they would have had for him. So they, they go past this checkpoint, and then they stop to get gas, and then there's... They're trying to do a throwback to the original film, right. but they do it in like a much shittier way. So it's like this guy who shows up, and he takes a picture of Michelle with a Polaroid camera, and is like, no, you owe me money! So kind of harkening back to... The van scene in the first one. The van one. scene, the hitchhiker in the very first... Texas Chainsaw Massacre, trying to be really creepy and weird and just like... And you're just kind of rolling your eyes because it's like, totally yeah, totally rolling your eyes. have seen this so, before, like we know what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's just like doing the same thing from the first movie without any of the creepiness yeah. or any of the creativity or ingenuity or whatever you want to call it that went into the development of the first movie. Right. So, yeah, they have this weird interaction with the guy that runs the gas station and then... Then this other dude kind of shows up and... They get into a fight and uh, it seems like the the owner, the creepy owner guy, is going to shoot them all with a shotgun. So Michelle and Ryan drive off in a panic and they go down this side road that the other guy working at the gas station had told them about, telling them that, oh, it's a much faster way to get to... Wherever the hell you Who going. cares, USA. And it, like the road that they turn down just looks like a super shitty, dilapidated road. So it's like... Eh should be a sign that maybe you don't want to go down there, but they are afraid of getting shot with a shotgun, 
I guess. Yeah, and they're, like, panicking for an inordinate amount of time after yeah. driving away from the dude with the shotgun, who, by the way, was not in any vehicle, or, like, it. he didn't look like he was about to run into his truck and start chasing after them. No. So they're just, like, freaking out, freaking out from daylight until, like, nighttime, basically. Somebody throws a dead animal at their car, busts their windshield up, and then they get out of the car and run around in the woods trying to get away from Leatherface, who just shows up out of nowhere. The guy who was at the gas station originally that they met up with, who told them to take that road, he's he shows up, like, on this road out of nowhere, causing them to crash into this other car. And then Michelle and... Brian get out and they meet Benny, who they ran into, who's basically like a doomsday prepper. So uh, Michelle and Ryan are trying to say what happened to them, like, oh, this guy threw a coyote on our card. And Benny goes, oh, militant lumberjacks. I run into them all the time. Yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I think he was being a smart ass. I'm sure he was. Yeah. He really kind of was the first character where you're like, okay, maybe this, this guy's all right. This guy's all right. He realizes how ridiculous this is. Yeah. He gives him, like, fistfuls of painkillers. So you're being chased by a guy with a chainsaw. Here, have these sleepy time painkillers. He kind of just shoves them into their mouths and they're yeah. like, wait a minute, what? And then they fall asleep. Yeah. And then, like, Benny gets chased around. So, yeah, Benny's kind of running around, running into Leatherface, and then one of... His brothers, the guy who uh, ran the gas station that we saw earlier. No, I don't think it wasn't the brother that ran the gas station. It was the the other guy because he had the hook hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, the other guy. Yeah, so there's like another family member. Like it's there's like a bunch of family members. A bunch of kind of similar looking guys that sort yeah. of distinguish at, at first because they're all just like running around in the dark and being weirdos. Being weird, gross guys. So Benny runs into him, he realizes, oh wait, this guy has a chainsaw, like the couple I just rescued and fed painkillers to we're, we're talking about, I uh, should probably go get my gun. And he does, and then the guy tries to like run him over. So then, yeah, basically they're just all running around in the woods for a while. Yeah, and, and then eventually Brian's caught, and Michelle runs off, and she sees a house that's all lit up. Oh great, here's a house, someone can help me. Oh, there's a, there's a young girl in there. Oh, Actually, there's a little girl who's kind of crying. Oh, yeah. let me follow her into this room that's strewn with bones. Yeah, rib cages and skulls. That's yeah, that's fine. fine. That's fine. And the girl stabs her with, like, a bone, right? Like a rib bone or something? Yeah, something like that. And she's and... got this really creepy doll that's called Sally. Yeah. Which, uh, if you didn't see the first Texas Chainsaw Massacres, the only character who survived. Oh, I didn't make that connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a normal doll either. No, it's like no. a doll with a skull. Head. It's like a skull and like weird, creepy braided, patchy hair. So yeah, Ryan and Michelle get caught and uh, Benny is off in the woods, like still trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And this is the point at which the movie got considerably better. There was more humor or like things that made it look like this movie wasn't taking itself as seriously as it right. tried to in the first half. It wasn't quite as full of trite, cliched phrases. and um, it, was, it was kind of more of a retread of the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre when they get into the house towards the end of the movie, but it more humorous as much as a movie about cannibals can be humorous. Yeah. 
the stuff in the house in the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, is some of the most unsettling stuff in a horror movie that I've seen. Like, it still gets under my skin after having seen it four or five times. It just is very uncomfortable to watch. And so to have that kind of similar vibe that they're trying to go for to an extent, I think, made me start to like the movie more at that point. Yeah. So it was, like, more similar to that, but then it wasn't just trying to do the same thing, which is kind of a- another reason why I appreciated it more. Right, yeah. It, it's, it was distinct enough from the first one to where it didn't feel like it was just... Copy-paste. Right. Should we talk about one of our favorite lines from that? Yeah. So they've got Michelle pegged into a chair, like, they put stakes through her hands, tying her down, and Ryan is hanging by hooks upside down. And they have the little girl murder him with this contraption, which he basically like pulls a cord and then a sledgehammer or something smashes him in the face. And, and you're like, yay. Like, yay, great. We don't have to listen to that whiny man. So they're prepping Ryan for whatever they want to do with him. And they see his underwear and they're like, look here, mama, color drawers. <laughs> California. <laughs> they have a good chuckle about that. We're like, oh, this, this family. Especially the way the two brothers said it in sync. It was yeah. like, yeah. like <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Okay, movie, I'm kind of on board with you now. Yeah, I'm warming up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. the, the other thing that uh, made me warm up to it that happened pretty much right after that is like like the mother figure tells Leatherface, like, go do your lessons. He goes off to like the shed or something or his room or whatever, and he's using one of those toy children's computers that they had in like the 80s and 90s. And so it's showing uh, like a very poorly articulated picture, a pixelated picture of a clown. And it's like, what what is this? And Leatherface is typing food three or four times and just gets progressively angrier and angrier because it's <laughs> yeah. not what the computer wants him to do. And just, Leatherface, you're, you're okay. You're okay <laughs> in my book. Yeah. Those were kind of the high points of the movie, I would say. Yeah. So it's called Leatherface, and sure, Leatherface is in there, but it's not really focused as on focused him. on him as you would imagine no. it would be, especially looking at some of the articles we saw from when the movie was released. Right. Like, oh, Leatherface is this great character. You really want him to be the focal point of the movie. Yeah, like... so he's not really the focal point. You know, he's there, but I think it would have been a, a more entertaining movie if it was based more on Leatherface and his family life and like yeah. this whole thing with the machine like oh a clown that's food of course yeah just, I don't know it, kind of it was definitely something that I would have liked to have seen more of in the movie so yeah they're they're just uh you know killing Ryan and having family time inside the house and meanwhile Benny is running around in the woods so then he finds the house and he basically like just starts shooting in at just the windows. shooting in the window like he shoots one of the guys ears off and his finger off and stuff and then there's this big fight scene and uh michelle escapes from the chair that she's been staked staked yeah i guess that's the best way to put it yeah she meets up with benny and they run off into the woods and then they encounter leatherface again like and he and benny start wrestling in a pond and like leatherface's fancy new chainsaw that his brothers had given him like his gold chainsaw that says the saw is family written on it gets thrown into the pond with them and so it's just kind of spinning around as they're fighting around it then he kind of gets knocked out so michelle like smashes leatherface's head in with a rock multiple times and she just keeps like smashing him and then apologizing like 
you're it's okay you don't have to apologize uh, for, i don't think you need to be sorry yeah you're you're justified in cracking him in the head multiple times with the rock so michelle runs out and then she sees the truck that was owned by the gas station dude she starts freaking out thinking it's the gas station owner but then door opens and da 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 it's benny she's like oh thank god calms down like gets in the truck with him and they're gonna leave but then gas station owner brother shows up manages to pull benny out of the truck michelle's in the truck and kind of fumbling around she notices the gun's still in there so she's trying to reach for it and it looks like he's gonna get her and then it she manages to just grab the gun and get it pointed at him. Shoots him. Lo and behold, Benny's alive. Yeah, he's okay. He's okay. They drive off into the sunset. And then you see Leatherface really briefly. The end. The end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, and I think, okay, so one thing I want to talk about is that uh, with the DVD, there's this like five or six second long clip that plays. And it's just of Michelle saying... Look, there's roadkill all over Texas. And Benny says, you got that right. And then the movie starts. Yeah. And that's the very fucking last line in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, And like, I kind of saw that coming. And I'm like, as the movie was wrapping up, I'm like, better not have done what I think they did with this yeah. DVD. And sure enough, they used the very last line of the movie as like the play movie intro thing. Very poor form. Yeah. I mean, it's not a spoiler or anything, but it kind of well, is, yeah. actually. It kind of is, because you know that those two make it out. Yeah. Okay, so fair enough, this movie came out in 1990. It is 2017. We've had a good long time to watch this, but... but... Really? Yeah, come on. So... Yay, thanks, DVD. Yeah, jeers to you, DVD. Um, so I'm going to institute a cheers and jeers section like in the tv guide so i think that's oh, our that's our new no. bit no okay um veto okay. i can't veto movie choice <laughs> yeah, but i can, I can veto this yeah i can veto segments that i bring up uh fine, <laughs> fine. um there's no law about us being able to indiscriminately <laughs> segments all right fine um I guess there's no rule in the rule book that a dog can't play basketball. That's the one. There is. There is now. now there is Airbuck, now. As soon as everybody came out, they were just like, well, we got to put that rule in the rule book so you don't want a bunch of dogs on the court. Um, okay, so. <laughs> this court's going to the dogs. <laughs> there's not a lot of information about Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 out there. No, not really. There's like obviously a plethora of bad reviews. Yeah, it was not well regarded when it came out and it's still, still not, not well regarded. Um, but we did find a couple of interesting things. So the guy that wrote the movie was this splatter uh, punk author David Shaw, I think is how his name is pronounced. You know, like splatter punk, it's just like who needs that, first of all? But um, he wrote, apparently, the, the script, the original script for Leatherface was, like, really gruesome and basically unfilmable. And uh, so they had to tone it down quite a bit. New Line Cinema got the director of uh, The Stepfather 2 to direct it, and they specifically chose him because of the restraint that he showed when he made Stepfather 2. And so that just seems like an odd combination. Like, you have a splatterpunk yeah. author writing the script, and then you get somebody who... Shows Does restraint. Toned down, lame version of a horror movie to direct yeah. it. I guess it kind of balances out, maybe. That's what they were thinking. That's doing. probably what they were thinking, That's... but 
Well, obviously, it made for a pretty uneven movie. After he wrote uh, the screenplays uh, A Leatherface, uh, David Chow went on to write the screenplays for Critters 3 and 4, the, the, best, the Critters. best regarded movies in yeah. the Critters franchise. I don't know. I think I saw Critters 3. I don't know if I saw 4. Um, I barely remember anything from any Critters movie. I liked those movies a lot when I was little. I feel like I need to rewatch the first two at least at some point. But Critters 3 and 4 were the next two uh, items on his filmography. And then he wrote the screenplay to The Crow, which is just like, how do you make that jump from... It's so weird. Quite the jump in uh, prestige of movies, I guess. Yeah. And... That's yeah. probably like the only cap in his feather. Yeah. Or feather in his cap, even. <laughs> nope. Nope, the cap in his feather. <laughs> right. What am I thinking? Uh, one kind of little interesting fact I found was this movie received an X rating because of the graphic violence in it, and it was the last movie to receive this rating before the Motion Picture Association of America introduced NC-17, which kind of addressed that issue of graphic violence without getting a rating that is the same thing assigned to a piece of pornography. Anyway, so it initially received an X rating, and then after a whole lot of agony, they were able to get an R rating for the movie after cutting two minutes from the film. Well, according to Michael DeLuca, who was the vice president of creative development at New Line Cinema, cutting those two minutes, quote, completely changed the tone from realistic to stylistic. Like, which I don't know how two minutes. Yeah. Of, and the other thing about that is like it just was taking a couple frames from scenes. It wasn't necessarily right. cutting out big chunks of things. Yeah, they just they described it as cutting like a few frames here and there out of scenes. And like that's two minutes is not going to make such a drastic tone shift. No. So eh, whatever about that. But in any case, it was able to convince the MPAA to downgrade it to an R rating. So it could be put into theaters across the country. And boy, was it good that they did that because it was a box office smash. It made like, uh, what, $6 million or something? Something like that. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of all we have to say about Leatherface, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre More like Leatherface. Hmm. With that being said, let's do a seamless <laughs> transition into talking about a different horror movie, keeping with the October trend of talking about horror movies. So I guess we wanted to talk about... As Above, So Below. Right, uh, which was like a found footage movie that came out like three or four years ago? Three or four years ago, I think. And it was pretty widely derided at the time as just being like kind of a crummy found footage movie, which there are a lot of crummy found footage movies, so I, I can see why they'd be at the saturation point for that. But... It's a good movie. Like, yeah. it does a lot of interesting things. Yeah, um, it definitely creeped me out. I like a lot. Yeah, so basically it's about uh, this archaeologist lady who decides to go root around in the, the catacombs in Paris after she uncovers some sort of clue yeah. that tips her off that there's something hidden in the catacombs. That's relevant to whatever she's investigating or mm -hmm. studying. And so she gets this crew to go with her, like uh, a couple of French dudes to go help her go into the catacombs and go their way around there. So they get into the catacombs and things start getting messed up and creepy pretty quickly. Yeah. And I, I think that the main thing that I liked about it is that it's super claustrophobic. Yeah. 
It's, they weren't made for walking through. No, they were not. That, like, makes me uncomfortable more than pretty much any other thing in horror movies. Like, the, the first half of The Descent is much more frightening to me, like, when they're trapped in the cave, and then the monsters show up, and it's like, oh, who cares? There's monsters. But, right. like, the tension for me really was ratcheted up in the first half when they're, like, stuck in this secret cave and nobody knows where they are. Yeah, So, totally kind agree. of a similar thing happens here. Like, they get lost in the catacombs and like if you get lost in the catacombs you're not gonna get found. like goodbye yeah yeah um that's it a bunch of supernatural stuff starts happening they manage to handle a lot of the flaws that are inherent in found footage movies like where did the tape come from who edited this all together it was like the blair witch just sitting in an editing bay for a couple of yeah. weeks like piecing together the movie of her murdering the, those three dum-dums right so like there is a logical explanation as to where the the finished movie comes from at the end of it and so that's something that you don't get hardly ever with right with found footage movies and so it's definitely worth, worth checking out right um don't let the, the bad reviews that it got from critics dissuade you critics are kind of generally unimpressed with horror it has to do something really amazing to right get them to give a horror movie a good review and this is like a totally it's a totally solid yeah horror, horror movie, movie. So you can find our podcast on iTunes or any other source where podcasts are generally available, but you can also go directly to our website, TaraAndAndrewVersus.com, or to our Facebook page, surprisingly called Tara and Andrew Versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. If you have any comments or suggestions or you want to talk with us about any movies that we've discussed or if you want to let us know about a cool movie you think we'd enjoy, feel free to drop us an email at TaraAndAndrewVersus at gmail.com. So I would like to say thank you very much to Boat for allowing us to use their excellent song lately off their album Setting the Paces. Thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. That wraps it up for this episode. Uh, until next time, catch you later, potato hags. Catch you later, potato hags.